We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I am Steve Peratch, joined by Dusty Evely and Sarah Kelleher. OTAs are upon us. It is a fun time. Please note that I'm skipping over the how are you doing this time because I'm just done with you guys with that. So we're just moving on and jumping right into it. I don't you're even... great. Thank you for asking. I can't, we can't even please you, Steve. It's either you guys don't you ever get excited or you're mocking me. Like, there's no in-between. It's fine. So here yeah, I whatever. am. Already try, I'm just or you don't even out. ask now. So... He just doesn't care. Just a boy. Oh, to tell oh. you how we are anyway. I'm doing great, Sarah. Are you doing well? You are also I'm well? I'm fantastic. That's great to hear, Sarah. I'm very excited. You guys, do you guys want to host this podcast? Is that what's going on? Absolutely going not. On? Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or do you want to talk about milkshakes? Sorry. Kind of. Uh, guys... <laughs> we'll see. We'll boxing see gloves on, Steve. We had a very heated discussion about milkshakes. <laughs> uh, one of your mailbag questions was about milkshakes and whether Aaron Jones was a strawberry or chocolate, and I said vanilla, and Dusty just had. Just, apparently, whatever opinion I have, Dusty loses his crap on me. For it's, so. it's not whatever apparently opinion, it's, Steve. You said your you said your favorite milkshake ever is a vanilla milkshake, which is if I'm giving the wrong opinion. It's the wrong opinion. It's fine. It's just not a good opinion. It's fine, oh Steve. God. It's fine. Oh my god. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. okay. <laughs> Let's jump into OTAs because Dusty's going to die tonight. That's fair. Even though he's in Kentucky and I'm in Wisconsin. But whatever. 
so let's jump in. Packers started OTAs. Uh, again, we've got some just – it's just a lot of fun. Like this mm-hmm. is – I know I, I've talked about OTAs and how they're pointless and, you know, they <laughs> – As recently as a week ago, in fact. As recently as a week ago. I do. <laughs> I I think they're stupid and I think it's it's a really big risk. And then at the same time, I can talk about how fun it is to see Packers football. I, I, I'm playing both sides of the fence. I don't care. But it's just fun. Uh, if you didn't follow, if you're not following Andy Herman yet, I, I don't know what's wrong with you. But yeah. if you want Packers information, you've got to go do that at Scotty Sports. But he was at the OTA today and just was tweeting nonstop. And, I mean, the number one tweet for me was motion, bunch of formations, unique formations, creativity, wheels, double moves, easy checkdowns, wide receivers running routes at different levels, routes playing off one another like oh man am i getting excited like it's (laughs) so i'm gonna let you guys kind of jump into this because dusty this is all about what you do and i'm sure Mm. you're if i'm so excited like i can't imagine the level of excitement that you have and remember this is a pg uh 13 podcast at best so keep it within range but please (laughs) uh please tell us about how excited you are and some of the things that you uh observed I got a lot of my more explicit stuff out uh, pre-show. Um, we were just kind of chatting. So I think I'm good. I think I'm good, Steve. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's it's exciting. None of it's a surprise. You know, if you've been following, uh, you know, obviously the, the 2017 Rams or the 2018 Titans and just look to see what they were doing there, which I know not a lot of people have done, I've been doing um, – it, it's it's exactly what I've seen from them. It's exactly what both of those offenses have shown. It's exactly what uh, I have assumed that Lafleur would be bringing to this offense that that a lot of people assumed. And so, uh, I mean, it's one thing to it's one thing to kind of watch those offenses and go back and watch that film and like, oh man, you know, if if we, they had this guy running this and they had this guy running this route, and you kind of extrapolate that onto the Packers personnel, um, that's exciting enough. Hearing that it's actually happening. Uh, that those things, that those concepts that we've been seeing in the past offices, those are happening with Rodgers and with, you know, Lewis, I know they're talking about in the red zone, like with the with the personnel kind of, it sounds like basically going exactly as I kind of was thinking it was going to go based on the personnel I have is ridiculously exciting. Uh, so I'm, the thing I'm most excited about is for people to really see the creativity and what LaFleur can bring that I think a lot of people still just aren't overly familiar with. Uh, so being able to see that actually in Green Bay uh, and people being able to experience that is very, very exciting. And then just, again, all of these things I've been thinking about over the past, you know, this past off season, Hey, I hope this looks cool when it's in the green and gold. And this is how I think it's going to look and all that stuff coming uh, to fruition is, is remarkably exciting. Yeah. Just reading that from Andy got me, uh, got me pretty hyped uh, that, that the hype is real. I think the hype is real. Yeah, I pretty much second everything that you said. And for me, watching the Packers growing up, it was just sometimes it would, as much as I loved watching them, it would be boring. I was like, we do the same plays all over again. It's nothing crazy and exciting, especially the past couple of seasons, as you've seen offenses evolve and some of these different styles of offense, you know, come to light you really been wondering what can the Packers do with this? So to hear that they're going to be running some more creative plays and their offense is going to be spiced up a little is just really exciting as a fan of the sport in general. And then to know that the Packers are going to be doing that makes it just all that much more exciting as a fan as well. I was really excited too when I saw the multiple levels of wide receivers because hmm. – I mean, with Mike McCarthy's offense, I can't remember. There, I remember there was third and ones 
where you see three wide receivers yeah. running goal routes. Yeah. Three wide receivers running goal routes. I mean, oh, it was so frustrating. And seeing, yeah, just seeing that one tweet of multiple layers of wide receivers and their routes, I just kind of, I was, whew, it's, <laughs> it's an exciting time. I'm really excited to get the new Madden. Like, I want I want a new playbook. And I, like, <laughs> there's my old nerd dad status coming out is I just want to play Madden and stuff like that. So it was really exciting. That's all coming around. Number two, the the tweet that got me so excited, so excited, is their number one draft pick, Rashawn, making moves. So first, you have a speed rush around the left tackle, David Bakhtiari, and that's no joke. That is no No. joke to be able to get around D-Bach on a speed rush and then taking a power move through, through Billy Turner. Billy Turner is a Big, bad dude. Big, bad dude. And he can go through him. Look, I understand, like we've talked about, OTAs, It's there's no pads, there's there's nothing like that. But still, to be able to do that kind of stuff, that is the type of athlete that he is. And I remember saying, like, I know not a lot of people were sold on him as, as the number 12 pick. I, I came out and said I really liked it. I thought it was a good fit. I think it's somebody that they can turn into a really, really good player and Obviously, very early, but what do you guys think? I mean, from I'm I'm really digging what he's doing so far. Obviously, very early, but Sarah, what is your uh, your gut reactions to hearing all this fun stuff about Rashawn Gary? I think I mean, they picked him for a reason. They picked him in the first round for a reason. And as skeptical as people were about that, and as much as they talked on Twitter and were so upset, and you were almost meaning it in a way. They're totally, he's totally proving right now this early. Like you said, you know, there is no pads. It's super early on, but he's obviously showing that he has value. And I agree with what you were saying. And I'm just really excited to see what he does as well. And I think it just really shows that, you know, the staff and everyone in the Packers organization knows what they're doing and they made the right choice in picking him first. Yeah, no, I'm 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 kind of in the same boat. I mean, I kind of um, I don't I don't know that I was mean when they drafted him. Um, I I didn't have a great reaction to it. I know just internally, just my body did not like it uh, because you know, I'd kind of I looked at some of these guys and I I read about a lot of these guys and just I with with the guys that were still on the board. I was a big Brian Burns guy. I just didn't necessarily love the Gary pick. Um, just didn't love it. And then it was kind of one of those things, you know, after a day or two, I know we've talked about it before, but after a day or two, I kind of talked myself into it a little bit. And especially with um, them being able to throw out multiple fronts, that was kind of the big selling point for me is kind of what he can bring in that, that portion of the game, uh, which is exciting. Uh, and I'm getting like slowly more excited about him. Uh, the further we get away from that draft pick. And this, this cemented that in my mind to, to the fact to the point where like, if he doesn't pan out, I'm going to blame Andy for the, like how my mental state unravels. Uh, because I went from like, yeah, I, he's going to, he's going to be good. Uh, you know, I think this year, I still think he's going to basically be kind of a sub package guy, at least for the first half or so. Uh, I've gone from that to being like, this guy's going to be insane. Like he's going to tear up the league. This is going to be crazy. Um, so it's, the truth is probably somewhere in between. Uh, but yeah, after having get like slowly excited already, it's hard not to be hyped about, about, the, I mean, like I said, de- beating uh Bakhtiari, like the speed move. That's, that's crazy. Uh, that's impressive. That's really insane. So, uh, so yeah, it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm hyped. I'm still not like a hundred percent all the way in, 
but it's hard not to get excited about him after after hearing some of this stuff. Yeah, that, that's fair. I mean, there's no we haven't seen him play a down of football but mm-hmm. in the NFL. It's fair to to have that that criticism or just you know the wait and see type of approach. But I mean, it's exciting that he's actually you know the first round pick and he's actually doing things because I we've been through first round picks who don't do things in OTAs or you know they're you're waiting on that learning curve and. Everything like that, but I mean, the Packers had two first-round draft picks this year, and you're hearing good things about both of them right yeah. away from these OTAs about you know they're making moves, they're smart, they're doing, and Darnell Savage is doing these things in the backfield and you know barking out commands to the team like the secondary. And that's really exciting that yeah. there could be some some first-round rookies that actually contribute pretty pretty quickly for the Packers, which is something we don't normally see. I would say, yeah, now. Dusty, we're just going to let you have at this because this is exactly what you do and what you focus on, but red zone formations. Ah, yes. Go. Yeah, okay, so Andy tweeted uh, fun formation in the red zone, which I'm going to try to explain, I guess. Uh, it's it's kind of hard without seeing it, uh, but basically they went. I, it looked like they went this multiple times uh, on the right side of the formation. They got a bunch formation with uh, St. Brown and Devonte kind of as the front men, and Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones in the back. Aaron Jones is the stack man behind him in the bunch, which is super exciting. You do a lot of fun stuff with. Now in my, I was told he was a running back and he should only <laughs> be in the backfield. I've said this a thousand times to everyone who will listen. Uh, dude was a high school receiver and a very very good one. Um, I. I <laughs> I want to, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> like his his rookie season to play with Hundley, and I think he was targeted ten times, and four of the receptions he didn't make, he legitimately could not have made because Fred Hundley was not good. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Steve, I know you're joking, uh, but I've heard that I've heard that a lot of times. It triggered something uh, with me. I'm very happy with our quarterback room. <laughs> Brett Hundley is our quarterback. Brett Hundley is our quarterback. Uh, oh yes, so you got uh, yeah St. Brown and, and Devontae with Jones behind him, and then on the left side, on the left side, you've got Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis. You've got two tight ends on the left side. That's super exciting, like tight to the line, which is something I've been kind of talking about for a while. Has been this. You've got the tight ends now. We've talked about this a lot last week, but you got the tight ends now where you can do these um, – not even just red zone. You can kind of get in these umtepo package packages, and this is one of those packages. Pretty much everything I put together, I've always got MVS instead of St. Brown. But you now have a set with those receivers against St. Brown, Adams, Jones, Graham, Lewis, that you could legitimately go uh, power run or spread formation and do some damage. Uh, and you get guys in an up-tempo look out of that, and you can really do some terrible, terrible things to them. Um, this, I mean, I, this is basically everything I think of when I think of uh, passing offense. I think in terms of when, I, when I'm putting together packages, what does this look like in a no huddle, and and how 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 badly can you beat teams with the guys that you have with the different schemes that you run? And this is darn near a perfect package for that. So you've got this in the red zone. Um, and then I'm just going to read this tweet because this is one that happened in the red zone that got me super hyped. Uh, under that formation, Packers just went with this formation in the red zone again, got it to the line quickly, fired off the line before the defense was set, and Rodgers hit Lewis for a touchdown. Now, the one thing I will say about OTAs is uh, it's exciting because the offense did this. And then also it's a little concerning because the defense was not set up. But whatever. Rodgers is very, very good. Like You can't celebrate one part of your team without thinking, I wonder if there's something wrong with the other half anytime one side succeeds, I think. Um, that's just a personal thing. But uh, the thing that I like about that is is so often in the past years, well, there's a couple things here. So often in the past years, we've seen Rodgers get up to the line and snap quickly. But when he goes up to the line to snap quickly, it seemed like he was more wanting to get 12 men than anything else. Uh, 12 men and then hit the big play, right? Whereas if you're getting... Um, 
if, if you're snapping quickly before the defense is set, that sets the defense scrambling. It, it doesn't matter if there's 12 guys, if there's 11 guys on the field. If you get to them when they're not set, they're more concerned with getting back to their initial spot than they are in coverage, and you've got to step on them. So seeing that, that they get up to the line quickly to snap in order to throw, not to catch 12 guys on the field, that's one thing. Um, the second thing is it sounds like the ball came out quick to Lewis, which I've heard from a lot of people that Rodgers is bad at getting the ball out quick, which I believe is false. Um, he does have a tendency to run, and this past year I think colored people's perceptions more than most, and there's a thousand reasons why he did that this past year. But Rodgers can throw the ball quickly when he wants to, and we've seen that. We've seen that. Uh, what was the big game? Uh, it was at 2016 in Philly. Uh, when Philly had the number one ranked pass defense by DVOA in the league and Rodgers shredded them like they were just absolutely nothing by just quick passes. We saw it when he had the bum leg, especially that uh, the the playoff game, game the, the Bears game. We saw him the uh, the playoff game against the Cowboys uh, when he had the ankle thing. Yep. Uh, we've seen Rodgers do this. He can get rid of the ball quickly. And to me, this this is a that that's an awesome formation. That's an awesome personnel package. Two things that I've had issues with McCarthy with. I don't necessarily, I, the past couple of years I've not had a, a huge issue with the scheme. What I've had an issue with is the personnel he chose to run that scheme. And at times he went no huddle. So we've got, we've got a marriage of scheme where you can do multiple things. You've got Rogers snapping the ball quickly, not to draw 12 men off, but in order to catch them off guard. And you've got him getting their ball, rid of the ball quickly in the red zone to a big tight end. These are all things we've been screaming about for like the past two or three years, and they're all on display in this one single play, this one single package. I mean, there's there's other things that they did that Andy's going to do, but I've spent a lot of time talking about that. But I think like that, to me, that package, that play, kind of how that went, is kind of indicative of the hope that we've had for this team uh, for the past couple of years. And it's very exciting to see that happening. I will let someone else talk now. <laughs> I I literally have nothing I could add that would be on that would that would <laughs> that would add to this conversation. I mean, you just broke it all down. I mean, Sarah, I can't re- I can't speak for you, but I'm gonna say you're not gonna have anything as well that's gonna be added. Yeah, to this. no way. And I feel like if I did, I would just sound really stupid because you just like <laughs> really like went into depth about that and it was great i i felt like Thank i you. learned things as well so made most of that up most well of it's actually it's actually really funny we were talking beforehand about one of the mailbag questions about a play we would pick and sarah and i were kind of tossing around ideas a little bit and dusty was like oh no i would do this and this and this and we both kind of said like oh you're gonna you're gonna go <laughs> real in depth okay it's well not, we're gonna sound like we were thinking like Oh, they'll do a run play or a pass play to this person. And Dusty was like, well, player X, Y, and Z is going to run to point A, and then they're going to stop. And... <laughs> oh, that's true. Something oh. to look forward to in the next, like, 10, 15 minutes. But <laughs> I think they're going to run Aaron Jones. <laughs> that's a good call. That is a good call, right. too. Right. Okay, so we'll, we'll move past the, the red zone formations. If if you have any questions about that, Dusty, I'm sure would love to talk to you about it. So please hit him on Twitter. <laughs> nothing will... more. There's nothing. It's like the one thing I can talk in depth about. So please, please, please. Exactly. Uh, a couple more news and notes that we can talk about. I just wanted to hit a couple things that I'd seen. If you guys have extra comments on it, feel free to chime in. Raven Green is yes. apparently roaming around the uh, the middle of the field uh, as a safety linebacker hybrid. And uh, from what we've seen, everybody's telling us he looks jacked. Not uh, not Vitaly jacked, but jacked <laughs> uh, as much as he can be. And 
if if Josh Jones isn't there, that's the guy that I want running that list. Yes. I'm I'm digging it. I, I I loved what I saw from him early on last year. I think he's if he can hold on to that role, I think it's a really solid thing for him to be to be going. Do you guys have anything you want to go with? I'm I'm just it's another thing I'm excited about. I I mean basically echoing that. I liked what I saw at Green last year, and if he's jacked and can play that hybrid box rotational safety, would be really cool to have. Uh, three functional safeties on the field at the same time. Um, you can do a lot of stuff with that from a defensive perspective. And so if Green is that guy uh, that can legitimately be a box guy, uh, yeah, I, I don't have anything else to add. That's, it's, it's exciting. It's an exciting yeah. possibility. And it's great that he's versatile in that way, that they can you know move him around. And if he has now his body's changing where he's jacked and like people are saying, and he can move around in those positions. And that's, that's great. You never know with injuries as well. That's always seems to be a thing with the Packers defense. So to have somebody that they can move around and really rely on at multiple different positions is important as well. I think we should talk more about how his, how his body is changing. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> why? Like, just why? <laughs> this is why Dusty is never the host of any podcast he's on because he would just take it down so many horrible paths. Like, yeah, let's talk about his changing about. body. What the hell is wrong with you? That's, so much. See, how much but, time you got? Oh my god! Before <sighs> we came on, we were talking about if we had our own podcast by ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I can't even imagine if Dusty was doing a podcast. <laughs> about that and that just came up because i feel like he would have to like back it up like he couldn't have Uh, yeah you or i be like no stop like don't don't say that like he would just have to back it up in some way and that's kind of frightening i did do my first podcast ever for this thing i did do it solo and i think there's a reason why i only did one of them (laughs) (laughs) is that why andy all of a sudden passed me off on yeah he was like no here's a guy here's a guy you should team up with here please talk to steve (laughs) I, I think that after our first episode, he immediately regretted that. But Oh, he absolutely know, did, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And then, okay, so finally thing, the only thing I wanted to hit to as well before was a little bit of offensive line news just because it's out there. LaFleur was talking about Bulaga and how, you know, he wasn't playing, he wasn't getting all the reps right away, and that was – apparently scheduled and it's something that uh, they had planned so i just kind of want to try to ease everybody's con- uh, everybody that always worries about brian bulaga and how he should be replaced and you shouldn't even be on this team and let's cut him and save the money and everything like that it's it's one of my bigger pet peeves when it comes to packers twitter is the ease that they should get rid of brian bulaga it, it it annoys me because he's a talented guy and everybody says he misses every single game well that's not true like he played 12 games last year and He's when he's healthy, he's a very, very talented right tackle, and it's something you want to keep to have uh, Rodgers upright. So, scheduled time off. So, everybody pump the brakes, calm down. Let's keep him on our team. I think it's a good idea. Corey Lindsley is also still healthy. He just missed uh, missed some time because of some travel delays. His flight was delayed two times coming back from hmm. Memorial Day weekend. So, everybody, let's not freak out. Offensive line is set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean it's May, so if there's little you don't don't say issues. that to Packers Twitter. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. They're I mean, not gonna listen, Sarah. I I know they won't because some of them are insane, and that's great. I, that I just it's May. That's all <laughs> I'm gonna say. Okay, I, that, that that can wrap it up. It's May. Let's calm that. Let's calm down. I like it. I like it. 
let's jump into the mailbag. We have so many questions. So uh, many. Thank you, number one, to Mitch, who uh, yeah. bombarded us, which I am all about. We have so many questions. We'll hit a couple of his, but we got a lot of good questions. So we're going to start with the first one, which is directed right to Dusty, which I, I'm, I'm starting not to like this because we're, it's, I feel like we're featuring Dusty too much. Yeah, and that's right. For for the for the amount of jackassery that he gives me uh, <laughs> before the show even begins, I don't feel like featuring him and making him like look smart and asking him questions that he knows all the answers to. But unfortunately, I, I Sarah and I have no response to this question, so we kind of have to. So here we go uh, from from one of our guys, also a Packers podcast host. If Rashawn Gary was an '80s slasher flick. What would he be? All right. So um, I spent uh, a decent amount of time thinking about this, although the answer was actually the first one I thought of. It was just kind of piecing everything together uh, to make sure it fit, which it absolutely does. Um, so if he was an 80s, and I, I had to check the year on this, if he was an 80s slasher flick. Not This is not a villain. This is a flick. This is a flick. Right. So he has to be a movie. He has to be a movie. He is Halloween for The Return of Michael Myers. That movie came out in 88. So here's my parallels. Here's my thoughts. All right, you ready? So as we talked about earlier, got Gary, the pick of Gary was widely panned at the time of the draft. A lot of anger, a lot of hate. A lot of people did not like it. Um, but as it's kind of gone on more, <laughs> stop laughing at me, Sarah. Uh, as it's, as as we've gotten further We're from the up here. as as we've gotten further from the draft, uh, more people have kind of appreciated the pick and kind of liked the pick now. Uh, which is kind of the same thing that we have uh, with with Halloween Four. Halloween Four was uh, you know it's coming on the back of Halloween Three, which I'll get into in a minute. Um, but it's kind of the same thing. Like, it was kind of hated at the time because it was kind of a it's kind of a return to the slasher when the slasher is kind of maybe aging out a little bit. Uh, but it's kind of gained a new appreciation for kind of a new timeline for Michael Myers. So that's, that's kind of my first parallel. The second one, and here we go. This is my bigger one for a little bit of uh, history here. Uh, in 1982. Uh, Season of the Witch came out, which was Halloween 3. This did not feature Michael Myers, as a young Dusty found when he tried to watch uh, Halloween 3 and got an hour into the movie. It was like, Michael Myers hasn't showed up. Why is it Michael Myers? So the idea was that the Halloween series after Halloween 2 was going to be an anthology series going forward. They were going to have a new kind of a new story, a new theme, not Michael Myers. Um, it was hated so much, Same. just so, so much, um, that they went back to Michael Myers on Halloween 4 and he never left the series again. Uh, the series was essentially reinvented on the fly after Halloween 3 tanked, kind of going back to Halloween 4 and setting up uh, the Cult of Thorn, which kind of showed up in Halloween 5 and culminated in Halloween 6, whereas it turns out Michael Myers is, in fact, controlled by a group of druids, as we all knew. That's why he's immortal. That's why we all knew. So, <laughs> see you, Steve. Uh, so, Gary's versatility, and we combine it with the other pieces on the line, <laughs> they, they help reinvent the Packers' defense in the same way that uh, they reinvented the Halloween series after Halloween 3. So it's pushing them in a new direction. So it's Halloween 4 eventually paved the way for the Cult of Thorn, culminating in a now classic Curse of Michael Myers. So Gary and what he's able to do and the versatility he's able to bring to his defense is going to pave the way for a new direction. And Packers football on the defensive line, he is Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers. To all of our Packers 
at Packaday Podcast friends, <laughs> you guys learned something new today. And it's not about horror movies. It's the fact that I was able to fall asleep with my eyes open. <laughs> I saw you mocking me. You weren't asleep. You were just actively mocking me with your face. You went way more in depth than I thought. I mean, honestly, when I got you for like pulling that all together, <laughs> that is insane. Fire. That was fire. That I mean, was to be fair, when, when we first got the question, my first thought went to, like, I knew it was for a movie, but I was like, Michael Myers. Like, I could see Rashawn Gary put the mask on, and that's a bad dude. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then you went there, and then you just kept going and going. Well, I had to do oh. a movie. It was obviously going to be it was going to be Myers or, or Voorhees uh, for reasons I won't necessarily get into, lest I be mocked again. Oh, it had God. to be a movie. Oh, the question's over, man. It's I thought four gone. made more sense than anything in the. You already, in the you already made your points. We're good. So, we got it. I was going to go with the burning as well. Do you guys want to hear what I thought about the burning? Or no? Question number two. <laughs> Uh, this one's coming from Nathan Spooner. Uh, I have to put this in here because it's an Oreo-related question, and it just has to be answered. Have you ever tried the carrot cake Oreos? They actually taste like the real thing. No, Nathan, we have not because carrot cake is disgusting. I like carrot cake. Oh, actually, yeah. Of course no. you do. Of course you do. I'll no. go to bat for carrot cake, but not carrot cake Oreos. I will not eat carrot cake Oreos. I think we all agreed when we saw this question that – we would try them yeah. if they were presented to us, but that we wouldn't go out of our way to. Know, or, yeah, exactly. Them. Oreos do like they cost like three bucks for a pack, and yeah. I'm still not going to spend that. And it's then, like, like yeah. if it's awful, which I'm yeah. going to guess, it's going to be awful. It probably yeah. is awful. Sorry, um, sorry for whoever loves them, but then I have the whole pack that just yeah. sits there. And yeah, take them to your office. It. Take them to your office. That's the clutch move. Yeah, that. It, yeah, it's a no for me. Unless somebody is like, "Here you go, <laughs> they're free. Try them." Yeah, I have had the you want the then same I'll reaction get- of that as I did to the pistachio Oreos, which was just I made a face at it and went, "No, I'm not. I'm not doing that." Again, yeah, if like- someone were to buy them for us and send them to us, that's one thing. But I'm not spending three dollars on that. Okay, Dusty, what's your what's your address for people to send that to? Uh, I'm not going to give it here, but uh, <laughs> if people do want to send me Oreos, especially you, Mr. Oreo, um, I'll give you my address. All right, we'll move on. Uh, Glenn Hints, if I start a podcast using your Snack-A-Day title and idea, can it be folded into the Pack-A-Day Podcast Network? And will I be paid by the episode or by the pound gained? Uh, as Dusty. I at, well, before that even gets there, Dusty, Dusty has some fun ideas. Uh, yeah. If you've ever uh, seen Breaking Bad, tread lightly, Glenn. Tread very, very lightly. So This is near and dear to my heart of having a food podcast as well. So this is it, yeah. Well, we were kicking around names. One of the reasons we decided not to go snack a day, which again, this this podcast does not exist yet. Uh, but one of the reasons we're we decided not it. to go snack a day was because we'd have to record every day, and realistically, if we wanted to be cool about it, eat a different snack every day. So my point is, if you want to start snack a day, we could agree to whatever terms you want to agree to, but you're going to be dead in six months <laughs> because you can't eat that much garbage every day for six months and live. I refuse to believe it. Um, so but what if uh, he was doing healthy snacks? You, like you can't. Like not, he could have. Not, <laughs> not a snack, Sarah. That would not be for these healthy snacks you discussed. Just like what's he? Is he just mashing handfuls of quinoa in his face? I don't. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> these are such good carrot sticks that I baked. Just a just a big old handful. handful. No. 
He's just got he's just chopped up carrots and quinoa. He's just grabbing it by the handfuls and just just shoving it right in his big mouth. <laughs> just delicious protein it's, bowl. This is so good. I can't wait until tomorrow when I do something more healthy. People will love this podcast. <laughs> All right, moving on to one of the better questions. I will say I liked it. Uh, Sia, Saya, I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce that, but. It's Thursday, September 5th. The Packers have the ball on their first play from scrimmage. What play are you calling? We are going to leave Dusty for the end because he will embarrass us if he starts it and then we go. So, Sarah, I would lean towards you. What play would you want the Packers running? First play of the game against the Bears. All right. Well, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say something completely random because – I honestly have no idea what the offense is going to look like, especially since they're changing so much, like we talked about. So I think that they're going to run a slant play, and Geronimo Allison is going to catch it. There you go. That's my that's my hot take. Probably right. going to be wrong, but if for some odd reason I'm right, I want everyone to remember this moment. There you go. I like it. I Solid. like it. Uh, I'm going to go... I haven't given, honestly, I didn't give this one much thought, but now that uh, going back on Andy's, I think I'm going to go with the multiple tiered wide receiver layers, mm. uh, play action pass to Aaron Jones, uh, play action to Aaron Jones. I'm going to say it's going to be a crosser over the middle to Devontae Adams for about, I'm going to get really specific and dusty. I know you don't edit this, but I want you to mark it. So we get this when it, when it's 17 yards to Devontae Adams over the first play. I want to make sure that we've got that mark that I can we can like play that back. So I look super super smart. Okay, seven. You're saying 17 yards on a crosser to Adams. Yes. All right. I marked it down, but I'm not going to remember. Um, <laughs> so someone who listens to this podcast, if that happens, remind us that Steve said that, and then I will go back in my notes and I will find the timestamp. But I'm not going to double check this. Woo-hoo! I don't care, Steve. Um, I know. <laughs> I am going to go uh, uh, two by two formation, uh, stack sets on both sides. And we're going to do a fake jet sweep from the left to the right. And after the snap, you know, quick turn, quick turn to Aaron Jones in the backfield. I am going to go pistol formation. I'm going to say pistol formation. Uh, quick turn to Aaron Jones out of the backfield for the play action. Rogers drops back to pass, looks right, and then. Looks left for the throwback screen Whoa. to Aaron Jones, which is, uh, again, the, the, we, that's kind of a LaFleur thing uh, that so he kind of loves, that whole so group pretty. loves doing, is the, the play action and the screen back to the play action guy. And you get the uh, get the jet sweep motion moving the opposite direction. So I've, I've thought about this a ton, apparently. Um, that also is going to be wrong because I cannot predict these things. Uh, but my thought process is it's going to be in Chicago. It's the Packers' first play, uh, first offensive play from scrimmage. Uh, and I think that, you know, the Bears and that defense is going to be completely keyed up and they're going to be looking to to hit somebody. I think they're going to I think they're going to come out aggressive and I think they're going to play off that aggressiveness and and throw a, throw kind of a backside screen off some uh, off some misdirection action there. So uh, I am I'm all in on that. That's uh, that is my prediction. OK, I like it. We have another one. We, we're going to hit Mitch's one of Mitch's questions because Mitch was awesome. Yeah, he gave us so much, so many different things, and this is what we always want when we ask for a mailbag. We want all the questions you guys have, so we can kind of jump into it and see what you guys want to hear about. 
he wants to know about Elton Jenkins uh, starting mm-hmm. at left guard. When do we actually think that that happens? Will he replace Lane Taylor? And then it kind of jumps into another question we got, which was if Elton Jenkins becomes that left guard, can we cut Lane Taylor? So I'll just start quickly. I would say if Elton Jenkins is going to start in year one, I wouldn't expect it until the second half of the season. I don't think he's going to jump right in, take that spot. Even if he does, you're not cutting Lane Taylor. Yeah, He is yeah, great, no great depth at guard. He's a proven starter. Like, if you cut him, somebody will grab him immediately. So you yeah. want, like, let's, he might not like the fact that he's not starting, but you take, you keep him as a backup and you, you go. Like, if Elton Jenkins yeah. is that good and is better, that much better than Lane Taylor, start him right away. But you keep Lane Taylor. Yeah, I think we're we're probably all of the mind that no matter what happens with Jenkins, they should they should not cut Taylor. Like barring something terrible, they should not cut Taylor just for offensive line depth of nothing else, right? We're all on that same page, I assume. Yes. All right. I am of the mind. I've kind of said this before that I don't think Jenkins is seeing the field this year as a starter, um, unless you know, barring injury. And I I don't like to predict injuries, and so. I will not. Um, I think they drafted Jenkins for, uh, you know, a year or two down the road. Uh, I, if he was starting at some point, I guess I wouldn't, I wouldn't be overly shocked, but I think Taylor would have to take a massive downturn, uh, from his play even last year for Jenkins to get a shot. I think they drafted him, um, for, for depth, for kind of swing depth this year and then for starting going forward. But I, I don't think he's starting this year. Um, especially since, I mean, this isn't, if if Taylor maybe struggles a little bit and maybe it's hurting the team or something a little bit, I think Lafleur maybe feels like he has a little more rope than McCarthy maybe did. I don't think he's going to make a hasty thing. I think he's going to make decisions for the long term good of the team. And if that's kind of their plan, I think that sticks to their plan. So I'm going to say we're not seeing Jenkins as a starter unless Lane Taylor gets injured. Yeah, I, I echo everything that was said. And if he for some reason does end up starting I don't think it's going to be until you know late 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 in the season and I really just don't think we should cut Lane Taylor at all and pretty much agree with everything else you guys said all right we'll jump to one of Sarah's uh Sarah retweeted and she got one of the questions from Elijah Rob. as we enter the summer I am wondering mm-hmm. what is the best pool party snack my dis my decisive or divisive answer is garden salsa flavor sunships and watermelon. Interesting, uh, you guys. What's your favorite uh, pool snack? You go first, Sarah. Okay, I was gonna say like chicken wings, uh, boneless, boneless though by the pool. Those okay. are good because they can't really like it's a good finger food. And can't really get super messy, especially. I was about to ask, do you do do you do a fork with the boneless wing? If I'm by the pool, maybe. Um, but I just that's like I, a very enjoyable snack for me by the pool. Like whenever I go to a theme park or not a theme or a water park or something where I'm outside or the beach, I always want chicken tenders or like chicken okay. wings. So. That's kind of like my go-to. I think ranch is or and barbecue sauce are like really good like outdoorsy like pool party type condiments that you could dip them in. And then I'm not a huge like I love chips. Like I'll eat so many different types of chips, but by the pool they have potential to get like 
soggy and yeah. gross. So that's just a, a concern for me. And then watermelon in the summer is one of my favorite things ever, but also has the potential to drip and drip on you and on your hands. And if you're going in the pool, it's just a lot. I, I go to bat pretty hard for watermelon. Uh, so I'll echo watermelon, uh, especially if, if it's like a, like a sharing, if you got a bunch of people there, because watermelon's dirt cheap and delicious. Uh, so I'll go to bat for watermelon. If it's like me or just family stuff, I'll go um, like cherries. I love, Ooh. love me some cherries. Love me some cherries. Uh, with a, with a bowl to spit in. I'm not spitting into the pool. I'm not a lunatic. I'm a, I'm a serial killer. Um, and Who maybe cherry seeds into a pool. Well, I'm just cereal saying. Killer. I'm just cereal saying killer. a serial killer does, and I'm just making the distinction that I, Dusty Evely, I'm not a serial killer. Um, so I was doing cherries, maybe some trail. I'm so looks. glad we just we just confirmed that right now. I just want everyone to know, Dusty. You know who said who tells people out in the world that they're not a serial killer? Well, see, I was hoping you wouldn't have caught that. Hoping you wouldn't have caught that, Steve. Mm-hmm. I spit I spit pits in the pool, Steve. Is that what you want to hear? Did you hear from me? You you're a, you're a Dexter looking mf'er man. As I'm telling you. <laughs> Thank you. He's a handsome looking dude. He is a good man. He's a handsome man. Good looking dude. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some trail mix. I'll do some trail mix. Uh, you know, but just for me, I don't want other people dipping their grubby hands in that. And then another thing I'll go for, I, I, I echo Sarah's thought of, I don't want soggy chips. So I generally stay away from chips of the pool, but if it's just me and I'm hanging out by the pool, but not sitting, not sitting at the pool and they're not really going to get too soggy. I go to bat very, very hard for the Trader Joe's salted plantain chips are just tremendous. They're, plantain they're cr- chips are really good. I'm a oh fan. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I, I'll go with that if I know they're not going to get wet, if I'm sitting away from the pool a little bit. All very, very interesting uh, opinions. Shut uh, up, Steve. <laughs> Drink your vanilla milkshake. I- I knew you would go with something weird like plantain chips. Like, what the hell? Like, who has it? Like, I'm gonna. They're good. Them. Or toastones. Those and plantain uh, chips are like, so I, good. I, they're good, already... and it's legitimately like a buck twenty-five for a bag of salted plantain chips from Trader Joe's. So I'm second guessing this whole snack podcast thing with you two now. It's just, yeah, you don't get you don't get to judge me. You don't get to judge me. You judge me on every single thing I say. Yeah, have better opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I was so like apparently I can't say that my go-to snack is a vanilla milkshake, but oh, it's just the daddest. It's the daddest thing I've ever no, heard. I would tell you what uh, I I really enjoy if it's a hot day by the pool. It's straight up plain popsicles. Like my Are go-to you on the stick, the classic. Oh, yeah, uh, yep, stick. classic popsicle on a stick. Okay. My favorite is just uh, you give me like six cherry popsicles. Like oh my god, yeah. The point, of, like you, get, it's it's warm. You can like chew them up. It turns into a little bit of a slushy in your mouth. Oh, so you know what, Steve? I was gonna make fun of you, but that's a that's a super good, like kind of underrated, cheap option. That is a solid is, cool option. I feel like if it starts melting, it has potential to drip. Oh, I don't know what you what you're dealing with, with you, dripping, like, Sarah. Like everything you talk about is just like how much stuff drips. Just bring some wipes or something. It's man. just gross. Like if you're by the pool and like I feel like it's people... made out of water. Just put your hands in there. But with the stuff on it, that's so gross. Put it in the um, like the runoff, like where people walk by and their water, like their footprint waters are on like the the concrete. Just rub your hands in that, Sarah. I just so like, I just want to make sure I understand this correctly. Your go-to snack for by the pool is that's a good bon- point. It's boneless chicken wings. But you said you weren't using a fork, so there's stuff all over your hands, 
and you dip them in ranch sauce, but God forbid somebody have a popsicle? I didn't say it was Dragger, a bad Steve, idea. Dragger, Steve, I love popsicles, okay? I have them in my freezer right now for Ooh. when I go to the pool. I get one after. But <laughs> I was just saying there was caution, there was things I'd be cautious about. Right. Like, I'd probably still take chips by the pool. I would just be really careful with them. Cool Ranch Doritos, 100%. I would Why are you so cautious with your food? That's so weird. <laughs> I'm just very cautious about my chips by the pool. I don't want them to get wet. You know how I do. You know how I do. It's gross. Apparently nobody's doing Dog cannonballs at the pool with Sarah. Do <laughs> you have anything else, Steve, or just cherry popsicles? No, that's pretty much it. I mean, I know, actually, normally I I think one of the other go to my wife's uh, family has a like a out uh, pool, and we normally will will always do chips and salsa. Uh, you yeah, or chips. It, yeah, get it to go from the uh, the Mexican restaurant and go chips and salsa, and yeah, like I think it's crucial too when you get those good chips from a Mexican restaurant. Like that's the uh, that's a clutch factor. So mm-hmm. that and then you know a little bit of sweet to go with it. That's always a good thing. Correct. Good choices. Good choices. I appreciate that. Uh, Let's see. I think we got time for maybe one more. Do you want to do the Rashawn Gary or do you want to do the Mike Daniels trade? I kind of want to do Rashawn Gary because I don't, I've not seen anything legitimate behind anything. Mike Daniels rumors besides a whole in people saying, Hey, they probably shouldn't trade Mike Daniels, which I agree with. All right. So we will end it with the last question uh, coming from Bobby's boy. If Rashawn Gary is that dude, and dude is capitalized, does that kick uh, Zadarius Smith into the defensive line permanently? I know I've got opinions on that. Do you guys want to start us off? Dusty, you can take it away. I I have opinions as well, Steve. I, too, have opinions. Um, My opinions is no. No, it's not. I think think, that's true. That is true. I think the – I think the beauty of having of having that group of having uh, you know Zadarius Smith and now also Rajon Gary is that you have two guys that can that can do a little bit of everything who can rotate out who can play that edge or can rotate inside. I think um, it's it's kind of my same thought that I had with uh, Ty Montgomery, uh, which I know I've talked about here before, where people were saying uh, should he be a wide receiver or should he be a running back, and the answer is he should be both and also neither. He should be whatever the play dictates that he is. He should be uh, whatever the matchups dictate that he is. That's what uh, that's what you get with Zedarius Smith and Rayshon Gary. You've got two versatile pieces that can play inside or can play outside, and you just you use that to your advantage. You use that to exploit weaknesses. You use that uh, you you use that to the best effect possible. You don't I don't I would not I would not in a million years think they've got Rayshon Gary. That means that Arias Smith should be on the line because that's not how you should think. You should think in terms of um, what what can they do the best with um, in any alignment. And if you've got guys that can legitimately play either of those, you, that means you can throw out a package that can do a whole bunch of different stuff. And you just rotate guys around based on where the matchups kind of dictate you should. So, uh, I, I think all I think all it is, man, it's another piece of versatility and another piece to do damage with. That that's my thought. I don't think either of those guys should permanently should permanently be on the line. At least they should not be viewed that way. Yeah, I agree. I think we were kind of all in agreement on that. And it also, you know, Gary is not gonna have as much experience in certain situations just from age and the fact that he's a rookie as mm-hmm. Smith would. So with certain matchups, like you were saying, and different depending on who they're playing, 
one guy might be more fit to be in the position than another. So it's mm-hmm. great, I think, that they can switch them because that's nice to have the option. And if something isn't working, you can switch and see if the other option does work. But other, I think it's really great that they actually have that ability, and that's something that is growing on the defensive side of things. That's a really positive thing, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you guys are both right. I like I like what you guys are saying, and I the biggest point I want to make is, as fans, as people who watch the sport of football, we're too concerned about like the quote unquote starters, especially mm-hmm. in a yeah. Mike, especially in a Mike Pettin defense. It it doesn't matter who's the starter. Like he he's gonna move those guys around and put them in the best situations possible to succeed, and that's exactly what you want. It doesn't matter if. Rashawn Gary's amazing in the outside linebacker. He's also really good on the line, and so is Zadarius Smith. Uh, Preston Smith's great on the outside. We haven't seen him kick in as quite as much, but I'm sure they have no problem trying to throw him at defensive end once in a while. So the whole notion of Rashawn Gary's going to be the outside linebacker, Zadarius Smith will be yeah. the, the defensive end, that's kind of like a, a antiquated notion. Like, it's just – it's not something quite that is going to be happening as much. And I think as long as you have talented players, Mike Pettin is a great guy to have as your defensive coordinator that be able to take those guys and put them in really, really good situations. So mm-hmm. I, I really like that. Before we go, I did want to uh, also make a, a quick note for Sean Franken, who is one of our Twitter followers as well who apparently has a rating system for Lynn Dickey Perms. <laughs> Big fan of that. Um, so he wanted a shout-out. I, I mean, I'm all about somebody who wants to rate men's perms. Mm-hmm. I am giving him a follow, actually, right now, so I can get some <laughs> more perms in my timeline. You all, go, you all should do that, too. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Sean. And then we wanted to... We weren't going to do this, but I just I want to have some more fun with you guys. I want to argue with Dusty because he's wrong. Uh, we had one more question from from what was it Mitch Mitch wants to know if Aaron Jones is a milkshake <laughs> would he be a chocolate milkshake or a strawberry milkshake and apparently my ideas are stupid he'd be a he'd be a chocolate milkshake because strawberry milkshakes are for garbage people and Aaron Jones is a cool person and so uh, he clearly was a chocolate milkshake and that's I don't I say it's for garbage people that's that's extreme. I don't like strawberry milkshakes, and chocolate milkshakes are clearly superior, like like objectively superior. Uh, and so uh, he's chocolate milkshake. Done, bang, done. What's your stupid answer, Steve? Is it is it strawberry or? Oh, oh it's neither know. of the options. It's neither of two. Two. You went off book for a really cool option. What was your? Yeah, what was your cool option, Steve? What's the? Uh, cool are one you going to let Sarah answer, or are you just going <laughs> to cut her off completely? Uh, I was going to let her go after we dragged you a little bit, but Sarah, Sarah, Sarah yeah, before Steve gives his dumb <laughs> well, answer. This is uh, like is going to cause problems because I think he would be strawberry and not because he's a garbage person. Cause obviously I love him and everyone that's a Packers fan thinks he's great, but that's why I think he would be a strawberry because the two stereotypical flavors are chocolate and vanilla. They're basic and he isn't basic. He's very basic. unique and everyone, he stands out from the crowd in a good way. And so even though you may not like strawberry milkshakes, a lot of people do. And I feel like strawberry is always like the odd man out with chocolate and vanilla and not necessarily in a bad way. And I think Aaron Jones, his, you know, for a little bit has always been 
kind of slept on in and obviously now everyone knows how great he yeah. is but for a while they were like i don't know how we feel about him i don't know what's going on here and then now everyone loves him and i think strawberry as a flavor is kind of the same way at first you're like i don't know about this and then once you try it it's pretty good that's fine it's a good answer. it's a well thought out <laughs> answer sarah that was good that's all you give to her. She I don't said strawberry listen. Strawberry was for garbage people. Listen, she I said don't. Strawberry was the answer. And you're like, oh, that's a fine answer. I don't like strawberry milkshakes. I still do not like strawberry milkshakes. But that was a very good, well thought out answer. So it's hard not to. It's hard not to applaud it. It was. It, it. She basically said he's a strawberry milkshake without necessarily saying that strawberry is like better or strawberry is amazing. But just she gave a very good thought out answer. I can appreciate that, Steve. He's a vanilla milkshake. That's what it is. Vanilla Why? is boring, and he's yeah. not boring. That's Thank all you. I'm saying no. about that. Thank you, Sarah. Oil, oil, oil. Thank you, this Sarah. Is, to use everything you just said against yourself, honestly, it, think about it. He is. This is what everybody, everybody oh besides Mark McCarthy, this is <laughs> what he expected. This is what they all. We all saw this for so long. This is exactly what we expected of him. You saw these flashes and you saw these things. You're like, if you give him the ball more, he will be doing amazing things. If you give him the ball more, he'll do these amazing things. When Mike McCarthy did it like three times, he gave him the ball more than 20 times. Holy crap. He got over 100 yards. He had receptions. He had all these things. So he, in the, in the best way possible, he is vanilla because we know what to expect of him. Steve, that, but what you can expect is a subpar boring. performance. That's what oh. you can expect from a vanilla milkshake. Like chocolate, chocolate milkshakes aren't that good. You'd say like it's so far superior to a strawberry milkshake. That's a that's a. But a vanilla bad, is a literally used like a term to describe something boring. Like people are yeah. like that's so vanilla. Like yeah, as even, a negative connotation. Even in oh. football standpoints, you're like, well, you can't tell much about preseason schemes because everyone's trying out vanilla formations and vanilla schemes. It's it's because it's boring and not thought out at all. Because no one cares about it, Steve. That's. I feel like your points were okay, fine, but so nothing what... nothing came back to vanilla. Nothing in your points tied back to a vanilla milkshake. I refuse no, to believe it's that. It's because it's, you get a vanilla milkshake and you know exactly what you're getting. If I order a chocolate milkshake, I also know what I'm getting. Yeah, I'm getting a, a chocolate milkshake. milkshake. No, it's a garbage milk milkshake picked by there's, garbage people. There's something. There's something wrong with your head. Well, whatever you think, <laughs> listeners out there, let us know because I'm actually very curious and would like to see how these friendships could be further teared apart. So, yeah, I'm curious about that as well, Sarah. Holy crap, Sarah came in to rescue us. That's the first time that's ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> she saw your face turning red and decided it was time to jump in. I did. I it's, could... it's, it's not even that. It's just a little warm in my in, in this room, and especially yeah. as she closed the door and. <laughs> I'm out of I'm out of bourbon, so that's kind of you know. What are we gonna do? But that it's feels like a very upsetting. good place to end the podcast before Dusty and I yell at each other more. Yeah, end it forever, probably. Yeah, thanks everyone. Well, it was a good run. We maybe, had a really yeah. good run. We'll talk with Andy. Maybe we can just Dusty can go back to hosting his own podcast. Which I'm sure <laughs> will be wildly successful. Yeah, no, he's already said no to that uh, before those words are out of your mouth. Dust today podcast. Dust today. Thank you, Sarah. Dust there we go. Dustily a day. Well, still nothing. Nothing going on today. Still, just nothing going on. Talk to you guys tomorrow. All of mine will be <laughs> roughly thirty seconds. <laughs> Oh, there's a good joke in there, but I'm just going to leave that alone. (laughs) 
we gotta, we gotta end this. This is this is this is just going off the rails and firmly it's, off um, the rails. We normally do that, but this is this feels a little bit even further. So thank you guys for listening. We always appreciate it. Keep listening. Um, make sure you follow us on on Twitter. We got at Packaday Podcast at Dusty Evely at Sarah Kelleher four and at Steve Perhatch and please keep giving us our questions. We we love that you guys. Do that, and we hopefully answered as much as we could. Uh, Mitch, I promise next time we'll get to a couple more of yours, but you, you realize you gave us a lot. So uh, we will get, we will talk to you guys next week as long as Sarah doesn't have to go to an Ariana Grande concert. But we should be good. So for Sarah, for Dusty, I'm Steve. As always, go Pack Go. One kick away from the NFC Championship game from the 41. Left task bar. 51 yard field goal attempt, snap, placement, kick to the upright, and...